0: This is Box Score, brought to you by Radar, and I'm your host, Richard Grisham. You know, there aren't many unique jobs in the world these days, but Donnie Moore certainly has one. And as the player ratings are for EA Sports' wildly popular Madden NFL football franchise, he spends his days poring over statistics and analyzing film to ultimately decide how well or how poorly individual players can perform in the game. It's one of the most interesting gigs in video games, well, heck, in any industry, and I had the pleasure of chatting with Donnie all about it in the interview that you're about to hear. During the course of our talk, we hit on a number of subjects, including how he does what he does, some interesting encounters he's had with players that have, well, taken umbrage with his decisions, how his role has evolved over time, what the most important ratings are for every position, and a whole lot more. So sit back and enjoy. Well, all right. We are here with Donnie Moore, the most powerful man in sports video games. Or if he's not the most powerful man, he's certainly up there. Uh, Donnie, first of all, thanks for joining us on the show today.
1: Yeah, glad to be here. Looking forward to it.
0: So, Donnie, you are, I think, I don't know if it's your official title, but you are certainly known as the ratings are for the Madden NFL franchise. Um, Is that your official title?
1: Well, I guess there's pro- I probably need to clear it up. I mean, on my business card, it is, in fact, say the ratings are, so that's cool. But, uh, you know, when you're, when you're trying to go through all the, uh, you know, promotion stuff and all that kind of stuff, there's not like a ratings are, uh, you know, hierarchy where I can be ratings are two, ratings are three. So I'm an associate producer uh, when it comes uh, to technically here at uh, Tipperon.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that's cool. So before we get into <laughs> it, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, about not only Madden NFL 13 and – uh and uh, the ratings were just a whole bunch of stuff. And by the way, before we get into it, Madden NFL 13 hits on Tuesday, August 28th, uh, but it can be played as soon as, I believe, Saturday, August 25th with the season ticket. Um, That's correct. But uh, before, we get into, uh, before we get into that, Donna, your background, how, did, how do you come to be the ratings are for the Madden NFL franchise, one of the most popular franchises in the world? How's that happen?
1: You know, I, I, it certainly wasn't a, a you know a plan of mine when I was young, growing up, trying to become this this sort of all powerful guy that controls the numbers for you know the NFL players in Madden. Um, I was uh, you know born in Florida, went to high school in Florida, uh, went to college UCF. So I'm a Florida guy. I've been here all my life. And when I was at UCF, they actually had a uh, video game tournament for NCAA football '99. At the time, and I was like, ins- me and my roommates were insane at it. We had, uh, you know, played Dynasty mode and uh, played like six years of it, so we were pretty crazy and, and good at the game. So I went in there, played in this tournament, and there were a few guys that worked at Tiburon at the time. Uh, one of them still there, Jeff Lohr, He was there, and uh, as he was running the tournament, I just sort of was pinging him about, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you guys did this? Or hey, you don't have any left-footed punters, you know? Or hey, th-, it really, this stuff a lot you see on a lot of forums now and in, in, in video game uh, speak and then he just basically said hey stick around here uh you know we might have something for you so he offered me like a, a testing job way back then and uh at the time i was basically i was going to UCF. i was working i was working at subway and uh i was like yeah i'll uh, i'll go get paid to play the game that's basically i play at my house you know all all night long so that was i just sort of lucked into that half it was a really, really really lucky chance that that uh you know, I ended up winning that tournament, so it wasn't just like some guy. I was actually pretty good at that game, so That's amazing. I was the UCF uh, champion. But uh, yeah, I just really luckily kind of stepped into it. Didn't go on like a, uh, you know, a job board or anything looking for a job. I was just, uh, just sort of there. Right. So it was kind of meant to be
0: then, basically.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it didn't. I it certainly didn't. wasn't uh, picked right then and there to be a ratings czar or to be the guy that did the ratings for for Madden. I was just picked to be a tester. But at that point. I sort of you know worked my way up through uh, through the game through the development here at Tiburon and, and eventually got on
0: with uh, the Madden team. So let's talk about the ratings. Like uh, I, from what I recall, back in the day in in the late nineties, like there were different, there were a lot more football games too. But there were services that were like third party services that would provide ratings or at least try to you know get different developers to buy their ratings. Um, when did you first get involved in doing the player ratings? Like, were you part of a team of people that did it? Did you just sort of volunteer yourself? How did, how did you get into that aspect of the game?
1: Well, so, you know, like I said, I started on the NCAA uh, product, and uh, I got to be a, a lead tester for NCAA 2001, and at that point, uh, I also did some other sort of roles that we, Back in those days, you did many things as oh, sure. a producer, designer on the on the game team. So I also played a major role in getting the rosters put together for NCAA 2001. And I think when I showed that I doing NCAA rosters is, is a very difficult thing because there's just so so many teams. There's yeah. there's a very uh, back in you know, and I'm talking like 10 years ago. So like right. this is like when the internet and, and the Google and stuff really wasn't even around. Right. Um, and, uh, and the Internet was around, but Google Google certainly wasn't all the search engines. So it's hard to find info, and uh, I think once they saw that I could do the NCAA rosters, um, well, they they wanted us to do the Madden ones as, as well because we just did a really good job. They liked the fact that it was done internally, and we were able to work with our gameplay teams really closely trying to make sure that the, the ratings were all in sync with uh, you know the gameplay. Back in the day, we would have some outsourcers that would deliver some data for us, and there's, there's a few problems with it. One of it really wasn't in sync uh, with our game because mm-hmm. they just sort of came up with their own numbers and just sort of delivered it. Two, it wasn't really um, normalized amongst all the different uh, people. So you'd have like maybe three or four different guys do different conferences, and then all of a sudden you'd have this one conference that stuck out, stuck out as real way overrated. Interesting. Um, so, so it really it was nice to have one person, or a nice team of two or three people that know the game inside out and all have the same sort of uh, opinions about ranges and stuff like that to uh, normalize the ratings. So um, they basically got rid of the outsourcing around Madden 2003, and uh, I started working on the the Madden rosters and the college rosters at that time. I had another guy, too, that worked with me. Um, His name was Cedric, and he was a a really good worker and a really good uh, asset to have on the team. And, uh, I mean, we could have used many more people, but, you know, it's this—it's an important area of the game, but obviously there's all kinds of other areas of the games that need to be addressed, too. So you can only put so many resources some in uh, in the game. So at what
0: point was that when it in, in 2003, when you sort of ascended to the role of the czar of the ratings and that became your, you know, you were the uh, sort of the, the buck stops here with that?
1: You know, probably not because we had a – so back back in the day we used to – we had, we were doing the rosters centrally. So we had – and we did audio centrally and we had playbooks done centrally. And it was for both the college game and the Madden game. So we were essentially doing – and we were doing the uh, arena football rosters at that time too. So we had, there was a lot of work to be done and we needed to split it up and we had a team of people doing it. And, and to be honest, there wasn't that much focus on it from uh, really, I guess, like a PR standpoint or, or even – internally i mean it was like always oh, had to be done it was important but it wasn't this thought of like you know sort of talking about the stuff and being sharing information with people um and that that really probably started to happen in like Matt during madden 10 mm. so i worked on madden from 03 to 07 then i worked mm-hmm. on head coach 09 which is a game we worked on here a really right. fun project and then uh ever since once we went on to madden 10 uh we sort of took the focus to be a little bit more higher profile with the, with the ratings and the rosters.
0: Well, it's interesting because now, I mean, it's a whole PR campaign to release the uh, player ratings. Like you started out, um, you released the top 10 quarterbacks then you released all the quarterback ratings. Now you got the top 10 running backs and the full running back ratings are coming out in a few days. And, you know, when, when you when you think about where there's a lot of value there
1: I think you know like for PR it's just because I think there's very few places out there anywhere really that like sort of grade NFL players like we do in all these categories and sort of come up with this overall bottom line number and you know it creates a lot of discussion and 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 uh you know controversy sometimes and I think that's all good because it, obviously it, you know this stuff changes from week to week from season to season we're not really trying to Try to say that we're the only ones that know how people should be rated or, or anything like that. We're always just adjusting to what's happening in the real world and trying to get all that information back into into Madden the following week. And it is. Um, it, and real quick, the, sure. the thing when you about the bizarre thing, the during Madden ten, I, I uh, Dan Patrick, yeah, I went on his radio show to talk about Mike Vick and Brett Favre at the time because those were big. Uh, they were both. Re, uh, coming back to Madden mm-hmm. um, after Vic's off-the-field incident and, and Brett's semi-retirement, he came back. So we got to go on that show, and he was just saying, man, you need some sort of cool title, like Roster Guru, or Roster Czar. And so after that, it just stuck. He he sort of uh, he coined Roster Czar in that uh, radio show, and then I kind of came into work a few weeks later and uh, – the uh, GM of our studio had a bunch of new business cards made out and what ratings are on it. You
0: know, if Dan Patrick, I, uh, if, Dan, if Dan Patrick gives you a gives you a nickname, it's probably a good idea to use it, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, and it is amazing too. Like when you when you look back, like you say, like it used to just be a part of the game, but now it's at. You know, <clears throat> when you say a topic of discussion, you know, I'm on, uh, you know, I'm involved in some pretty serious Madden leagues, uh, Madden leagues through the fourth string uh website you know and Todd Zuniga and and his group I mean we we talk about this stuff constantly and uh it's amazing like you know now that you have the campaign where you release the information get people talking about the game and you know (laughs) it must be wild for you to think about you know kind of where this started to what this has become and how you have uh you've really you're really the catalyst for one of the uh one of the most popular things in sports video games right now
1: yeah, it, it's something to be, I mean, I'm very excited to be associated with it, and, uh, you know, I treat it pretty seriously. I think a lot of people think that, oh, you know, you're a Bucks fan, and you just must, you know, he must just rate all the Bucks players good, and, you know, you get that a lot <laughs> from, from people. And and you get a lot of, uh, here, here's the other thing, that the, the the most impossible thing to get around is that nobody wants their own players or their own teams to be rated badly. Even when they're doing badly, even if it's like a two and fourteen team, you, I'll have fans of that team turn around and say, "Hey, well, you know, come on, I mean, you got to give us some credit. You know, we did, we didn't get beat as bad as last week, or, or, or we did beat, you know, the Giants or whatever their excuse might be." But you know, they just don't, simply just bottom line, don't like their players ever being kind of like decreased in ratings or or have low ratings or anything like that. So, that being said, you always have to have that sort of knowledge of, like, nothing you do will be well-received by everyone if you're doing your job right. Right. Because not every team is making the playoffs, obviously, in the NFL. I mean, there's teams that the Colts pick number one for a reason, because they were literally the worst team in football last (laughs) year. So we want to make sure that they're rated appropriately. That's the the number one thing that we try to, and and our group tries to strive in with the ratings, is that it's accuracy and it's about authenticity and wherever we can make improvements in that area, we are focused on it like a laser beam. You know, and it's amazing
0: too, because, and we'll get to this in a little while about how, you know, the ratings can now be dynamic week to week, but every Madden game is a time capsule, right? Because, you know, if you pick up Madden 10 now, or, you know, Madden 08, or Madden 06, or, you know, five years from now, Madden 13, it is a time capsule. So, while well, ratings are dynamic for a certain amount of time, after a while, you know, if you pick up a disc and you put it in the machine, you're kind of left with what the disc is. So it is, yeah. you know, if you are a fan of, like, I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles right now, so, you know, I pick up the game and I, I've, I've got a really highly ranked team, but there have been years when the Eagles were terrible, and it's like... Oh man, you just kind of feel stuck with your with your terrible team because I can't
1: go play as somebody else. That's that's just not right. That's that's funny. It, it, it's so funny. That's where one thing where I'm way different than I guess your common fan. I think it's probably a product of a byproduct of what I do here. Is that I like I, I almost every game I play, like if I'm playing online or whatnot or head to head, I'm using a different team. Because I like to see how this team will work. Or I like to see how this personnel, you know, how how the how the Titans feel with Jake Locker quarterback, um, and and Chris Johnson, and Kenny Britt, and then maybe the next game I'll play with the with the Falcons, and I got a you know I got a heavy dosage of Michael Turner and Jaquiz Rogers and and you know use Julio. So I just I love using all the teams, but I do totally get where people get frustrated if it's just like that year where their team is just not predicted to do much um and they're like oh man my team's gonna stink and madden but i mean that that's what i'm intending to do i mean if your team is 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 stinky then we want to make sure your madden team is is (laughs) stinky because that's that's real life i mean we wouldn't want to have teams just you know having players online just rolling with the worst teams in the league and doing silly things right uh, with, with players that you shouldn't be doing that with.
0: Absolutely. Now, you've talked a little bit about some interaction with, with, with fans. I imagine you've had some pretty interesting encounters with players. Have specific players come to you about their numbers, their stats, their ratings?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had I, – I, when I was starting to write down the names and the little quick stories on these, I, I just had to stop because there were so many of them, and I couldn't really – It's hard to put the years together with them, but um, I'll just name off a few. Like Richard Sherman, uh, cornerback on the Seattle Seahawks. He's a great, you know, up and coming young player. He's following me on Twitter, and he was really concerned about having a better man, uh, a better man coverage rating. So (laughs) after his great year last year, so he was just kind of on me, and it was funny. He's one of those guys that was following me before I was following him. So like he, he obviously. Knew where to go to sort of get his feedback directly to the person that can make a change, and and I actually looked at it a lot strong, a lot closer, and and we did bump his his uh, ratings up considerably. Wow! So um, you not actually... just as a result of that, but right. that it was like treated like there's two thousand players in the league. There's you know almost seventy or so, 60, 75 plus ratings and trading uh, traits and tendencies. That's a lot of stuff to keep up with. Oh if you can gosh. have a guy, actually, that knows it better than anybody and point your right to exactly what you need to look at. Uh, if he can get that information to you, then it's, it's great. So, Edron uh, James used to, back in the day when, when he was in the game, he used to text, text me about his pass block ratings in comparison to all the other uh, University of Miami running backs. It was weird. He didn't want to be boosted up. But he was really—he just really wanted to make sure that we knew that he was. Hey, man, you—you you know I'm a good pass blocker, man. You better make sure I'm better than Gore and better than, <laughs> uh, you know, Portis and and then, uh, McGahee. And it was really, really funny how how he just took great pride in his pass block rating.
0: Um, I mean, that talk about a rating that you would not think somebody would would care that much no. about. And then you factor right. in that he just wants to make sure he's better than the guys that played at Miami. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, when we had uh, when uh, Tim Tebow was on the cover of uh, NCAA 11, uh, he came into the office and you know they, I was just they wanted him to stop by my office because or my queue because we were um, you know in the process of putting him into Madden Madden what is it, Madden 11 at that point as a rookie, and the first thing he would say, hey, what's my jump rating? What's my jump rating? Well, listen, I was like, what do you mean jump rating? I thought he'd be wanting to know like his you know his his arm power or his accuracies or, or you know maybe his speed or his trucking or something like that. But he was just real concerned about his jumping rating. I was like, all right, yeah, we'll make sure we you know we, we get that right for you. Um, it's, it's just real funny how some of these players just take little weird little things that you don't think they'd even think about. Like uh, Kerry Rhodes, safety for – used to be the Jets. I think now he's in Arizona. He made a video a couple years ago with Nick Mangold complaining about his throw power, of all things. Kerry Rhodes is a safety. <laughs> And they had this video, and you could look this up on uh, on YouTube. Actually, it's I think it's I don't know how uh, uh, family friendly this podcast is, but uh, oh, if it's you look very up, family uh, friendly, w-
0: very family friendly.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, if you looked up WT, another letter, and then Madden, and then Kerry <laughs> Rhodes, you'll see, see a very funny Madden uh, video where Kerry Rhodes, Nick Mangold, having a throw off. Because Kerry Rhodes wants to have a higher throw power than Mangold, and we're talking Mangold had a, like a 22 throw power, and Kerry Rhodes had like a 20 or, or 19 or something. Because those numbers literally don't mean anything in the game if you're a safety or or right. you're uh, you know an offensive <laughs> lineman. So, but to to Kerry's credit, after he made that video, I think I boosted his throw power up into the 50s or maybe it was in the low 60s. Uh, <laughs> so you know, anybody,
0: not that anybody would you know, be able you, to figure out how to use
1: it. <laughs> And you can't even edit the guy to put him in at quarterback. So it's just a funny, it's just all visual. You know, they just get really mad when they see things. Uh, And then I guess the most famous one was when T.J. Hushmanzada sort of called out Madden and said he was boycotting that uh, Madden 10 because of his low speed rating. And we actually got me and uh, another designer on the game got to go on ESPN first take and, like, basically, you know. Face off against the guy. He, he, it was funny because I think ESPN thought we were basically going to adjust his rating at the end of the sort of like you know bit, and uh, we basically just told TJ why we had him rated at 82 speed <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because amazing. of um, because of workout times and because of you know some other statistics that we had. But um, it's. I mean, I, there's, there are a lot of my, I need, I should probably put all these together and write a book about it or something, because it would be, it's just funny that, that, of all things, these you know, these million dollar athletes who, you know, this is just a video game, but it really does mean a lot to them. You know, that's great. And, and kind of following that
0: up with a listener question from uh, Twitter handle at that sports gamer, my man, uh, TJ Lauerman, what player, and obviously Houshmandata is one of them. What player has voiced his opinion about having a low rating? Any other sort of ones that, that stick out in your mind?
1: Um, like a low rating. I mean, it's all relative. Like MJD was upset that he wasn't the top rated back. Oh, like yeah. in, in uh, I think this was a couple years ago. He's he's happy. I'm happy to report he's actually the top back in Madden 13, <laughs> tied with Peterson this year. But, um, he was just really saying, "No man, you guys got it all messed up. You know, I'm not the best." And, and his, I don't really know what he's talking about because I mean his stats and and his play wasn't quite that overwhelming. Like he was the number one by far and away, but. Um, I had it. Donald Dockett was another guy that was upset that like, he was like rated in in the 90s. Uh, he wanted to be like 95 or 97. Um, you know, you, you get a lot of stuff, I and mean, a lot of it's like tongue in cheek. I think you know they kind of like will send me a message with a bunch of exclamation points and, and say, "Man, you need to get this right, man," or whatever. But it's uh, it's all great fun. I, I'm, I'm we're almost flattered that the players think so much of it to uh to kind of reach out and, and and ask for it to be raised up. So let's walk through a
0: typical Donnie Moore day at different times of the year based on the NFL calendar because I'm going to assume <coughs> that based upon what's happening, you're doing different things. So if we look at the NFL calendar, March and April, this is after the Super Bowl and, and draft time. What are, what's your typical day look like during this time of the year?
1: I'm just I'm in creating rookie mode. So all I'm doing is creating rookie after rookie. Um, I have probably about 12 websites up that all, like different scouting websites and some different sites with, um, you know, combine data and and workout data. And I'm just creating rookie after rookie after rookie. Like this year we created approximately, I think, 600 new players for Madden 13. Mm. and that's of any process in the whole roster bit it's definitely player creation is the the process that takes the longest because not only are you kind of really debating about what numbers you're going to initially set for the guys but you're doing everything else his equipment what does he look like his player build all of his biographical information all his traits and tendencies what college did he go to his contract all that kind of stuff so um in march and april i am just Knee deep in creating all the all the uh, initial rookie uh, data, and then after we create them in April, see where they get drafted. We'll continue to tweak them into the summer. Right. Um, but it's that you know when you're creating them in March and April, that's a, a pretty long process.
0: So then you move into the May, June, July timeframe. You're prepping for release. I mean, this is when you're heads down you, meaning Tiburon, is really heads down in finalizing the <laughs> development, getting the code ready, doing a lot of starting to do promotions and things like that, too. So what are you doing? What's your typical day look like during that time of the year?
1: During that time, I'm I'm pretty much putting all the final touches on all the depth charts, all the player movement, the free agency, um, which is a daily thing. We're adding all the player new player portraits to the game, um we're basically going through all of the uh the the sort of range ra- rating range adjustments that need to be made if they need to be made like from you know via, with all working with gameplay making sure that hey you know this year we need to make sure all the jump ratings correspond to this sort of like chart with vertical jumps um which was something new that we did this year um equipment update also is sort of happening at this time uh yeah, that's probably about it. I mean, it's just, it's it, it, it's sort of a never-ending, I mean, it's never-ending right now. I mean, there's right. transactions that happen every day, so you're constantly just playing like a, sort of <clears throat> musical chairs with some players, guy gets cut, guy gets signed again, then he gets cut again, and, and we're pretty much up-to-date almost daily um, during that time period with the rosters, so.
0: So right now, as I'm talking to you, it's <clears throat> in the middle of August. Uh, the game, mm-hmm. I'm sure, is already done i mean it's, it's probably going through some like final third party processes and things like right. that so the disc is finished so what are you doing other than talking to a schlub like me what are you doing what's your <laughs> typical day like right now here in mid-august
1: so in august uh, this is the pro- this is the time period where we're starting to transition to the um you know the roster update phase and the, and the launch date phase so we work in like one database um for the during the season, the production database, and then we're transitioning all that stuff to like a, a league download database. So that's sort of what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you'd think that, you'd think this job would be easier than it is, but I, you know, I'm going through all of the, um, like, sort of websites that keep lists of trans NFL transactions to keep track of what I need to do. Right. Um, it's not like, I'm the one, so it's not like, uh, you know, there's like this team of people that says, hey, here's everything that needs to be done this week. It's, that, that's me, too. I have to then take all those, uh, you know, f- lists from KFL or ESPN or NFL.com, and, you know, T.O. just got traded. Right. Um, Brian Price got traded to the Bears. Lots of different cuts and releases and new contracts. So all that stuff's on a big list, and I'm starting to work on that now with the hopes of having all of it finished up in the next few weeks for the August 28th launch date. So it's just basically – and it's going to get even wackier – I believe in, was it next week or is it the week after that, where they cut down to, I think, 65-man mm. rosters? Right. So we have all our rosters right now at 74 max, and just a ton of guys are about to get cut because of the NFL cut day. So all that stuff will have to be done and reflected in time for the first update. So then during the season,
0: September through December, what is Donnie Moore doing on a typical day?
1: Well, I mean, we we've been doing the weekly roster updates for the last few years and we've we've pride ourselves in in uh you know pretty much hitting every single regular season week and and most of the playoff weeks so you know watching the games all all day on sunday kind of i usually have a few notebook notebook to, uh, pages full of data and notes that I've taken myself on changes that I want to make mm-hmm. uh then you know Sunday morning happens or Monday morning happens i get, we kind of get all the the articles and a lot of the data comes out so I can make some further adjustments we're spending most of Monday and Tuesday and a little bit of Wednesday morning basically getting all the changes that need to be made done and there's usually about anywhere from three to sometimes five and six hundred you know line item changes that we make per per uh for updates. So it's quite a bit of uh, updates, and it's not just ratings. A lot of it, some of its equipment, some of it might be jersey number change, some of its actual player movement, like players getting cut, new players signing. So we're doing all that. Then the QA people will test the game on Thursday, and then Friday morning we'll have the uh, the new release out for the for the fans.
0: I gotta imagine you have developed a pretty efficient process for doing this because that is a lot of work. Um, in a short amount of time, 17 weeks in a row during the regular season. So you probably got that, I would imagine, got a, a pretty efficient process put together for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we there, there's a few websites that, that are really, really helpful. Um, in number one, just analyzing, and you can respect the, their, their opinions because they really know football inside out. They track every play, and they do a real good job of giving you that. The real trick is giving you that data and that information in a nice, easy-to-read format so you can get through all through all fifty uh you know, all through all thirty two teams in a in a few days type time frame. Um and, and another thing to keep in mind too is we're not it's not like we're trying to necessarily make a change on every guy every week. It's not like that. Some guys just, you know, their level of play stays consistent and, and they don't really kinda of have those big ups and downs. But for instance, Victor Cruz last year, he started off Madden uh twelve at a sixty six rating and he ended at an eighty nine rating, so he gets a something like a 23, 24-point boost from start to finish. I had this and, question. I mean, who's the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going say say, I... to say he shouldn't have been. I mean, he, he, he was he was literally a bench-type player to start the season, and, and I don't think anyone in the league thought anything differently. And then the guy gets the opportunity to play, and he shows what he can do, and we obviously wanted to make sure that his ratings were reflected in these new new abilities, basically.
0: You know, I have this question later on, but I'll ask it now. Is he the biggest jump you've ever had from the very beginning of a season to the end of a season, that is, Victor Cruz? You
1: know, he, he's definitely not because I know there was one guy that he was the, – the reason I mentioned him because he's really well-known. The, the, the biggest jump last year was this fullback named Daryl Young on the Redskins. He was like a guy that basically just got – uh, you know, changed positions to fullback, really, really new. Undrafted, he was, came out of nowhere, and I think he started off Madden twelve at like a fifty nine or in the fifties. I mean, he's really just a fringe guy that you didn't even anticipate making the team. He ends up playing all year long, did pretty darn well for the uh, for the Redskins as a fullback, and I think he ended up with a twenty eight point overall boost from start to finish. So, and, I, and if he's, I don't think he's the all time biggest jumper uh, we've ever had. I, I don't have that information in front of me, unfortunately, but you know, there, I I. I you know, I have no problem with that. It's not like we were wrong. I don't think. I think it's just the fact that this guy's showing what he's capable of sure. is is really what why, why the adjustment happened. Right. A lot is about
0: being put in a position to do that. Right. And if a guy gets put in position and succeeds, it's it's good that you're able yeah. to to reward him for that. So,
1: and, and that's obviously the easiest thing to do is to make a guy that's not. Good at all, and then he shows that he's a star all of a sudden, and sort of comes out of nowhere and make him better. That's the easiest thing to do. The hardest thing to do is like a guy that has been a star, and then how far does he fall? Yeah. How far do we make him fall in ratings after one bad year? I mean, that's the really tricky thing to do because you can't, you can't just say, okay, yeah, he's done. He's, he's literally he had the worst season as a running back um, because he was hurt, but so now he's going to be rated fifty-seven even though he's made three Pro Bowls. It's just mm-hmm. really hard to to go the
0: other way with it <clears throat> yeah i can imagine so <clears throat> you talked a little bit of how you perform your analysis you obviously watch a lot of the games but uh i mean break it down a little bit for us how you how you do this um you know you watch film you look at your previous ratings like you know, how, do, how do you go about doing what you do as far as as really you know studying and then making the final decisions
1: well, I mean, a lot of it is, is, is just, you know, stat-based. So so if a player sort of, um, a guy like on, and a lot of it's expectations and, and sort of uh, uh, perception-based. So if Andre Johnson, who's a top-rated receiver in football, goes nine catches for 100 yards and a score, well, that's what is the guy's supposed to do. You know what I mean? That's what a 95 or 94-rated receiver right. needs to do. Now, does he do it for two weeks? Does he do it for five straight weeks or six straight weeks? Well, then all of a sudden, or does he maybe have a 200-yard, a, a um, two-touchdown game in between there? Well, then that might need to warrant a, a point up or uh, you know, maybe a further look to increase his ratings. If he has a, a hiccup game here and there in that five-game stretch, then we probably don't even look to knock his ratings because he's established himself as a very consistent producer over you know not just those five games but his whole career. So the 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 longer the track record and the bigger the book we have on a player, the easier it is to sort of, you know, etch your ratings in stone so to speak and, and 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 really uh make sure that you're not really subjective or subject to the ups and downs from week to week that like maybe a younger player who hasn't established himself quite as much would get. So we're looking at, you know, Cam Newton for example, we had him started out of the 79 last year. To start the game, and right off the bat he throws 400-yard games back-to-back and breaks all these records, well, clearly we need to make adjustments, because not only are we ranking just Cam Newton, where does that 79 ranking rate amongst all the other quarterbacks in the game? And then if we see that we had like so-and-so, you know, Matt Castle at 82, and, and, and Cam Newton here is at 79, and Matt Castle is doing very poorly statistically, well, then we need to try to make adjustments there to make sure that Cam is now a better quarterback uh, or a castle. Wow. Um, and, that, and that's just one example. Right. there's, I mean, that, we, we use, I use a website called Pro Football Focus a lot. Those guys are, in my opinion, one of the best in the industry at charting every single play and then charting if the player did well on the you know run side of things, on the pass side of things, did he make penalties. A real, real good breakdown for us to see where exactly we need to make a guy go up or down, or if he had like an average game, or if he had a really poor game, and taking that data and putting it into the next week's roster update. So, it's it's certainly not a like a. I wish it was. I wish there was like a process where I just put in each guy's stats from the previous week and then it spit out the new number. But it's really much more complicated than that because you're looking at what the guy has done in the past. Is it up to his expectations? Is he exceeding them? Is he under you know underperforming? And if so, where does he need the rating adjustment? If a guy – if a receiver needs a rating adjustment, it's not like you just – we don't – the the one thing I think people might be misperceived about is that, like, we just put in an overall, and then the numbers spit out after the fact. We have to basically make the individual ratings increase, and then that will give you a new overall rating. So – in that example with the receiver, I like to see why, well, how did the receiver have his gains? Was it a big uh, yards per catch? Was it a big, uh, you know, was he getting just deep bombs and he didn't have to do much? Was he wide open? Um, you know, was it, did he get open on his routes? Was that, was that the reason that, that he had these big plays? And if so, then we'll make those adjustments like in route running or we'll make maybe a, an acceleration or a speed change maybe. Um, but it all depends on, you know, what happened.
0: Interesting. So let's break a few things down here. Um, sort of a little mini game as it were. So if I'm a quarterback, what are the two most important ratings to be as high as possible? For quarterback, I would go with
1: throw power and, uh, and deep accuracy. And they're both, they're not really redundant because throw power is obviously how, how far and how fat and how hard you can throw in our game. Interesting. So that, it's, it's almost basically how I treat it almost like as a, uh, as an army, like what's your arsenal? Do you have like a 99 throw power? mean, meaning you can all the you can make all the throws across the field. There's not one single thing you can't do basically. Versus a guy that has like maybe 87, 89 throw power, like a Drew Brees, he's a little limited. He cannot um, make all the throws that a Matt Stafford could. Versus you know with that 99 and the 89 difference. The other the other thing I look at is the deep accuracy because it's just the biggest weapon. I mean, it's the biggest game changer in Madden. If you can make a deep play, mm. um, you know, it's the quickest strike. So if you've got a quarterback that is able to complete deep passes on a regular basis, I think that's just a huge weapon to have. So
0: the same question about a running back, what are the two most important ratings to be as high as possible for the running back?
1: Well, the first one I would say would be carry rating. Um, that's basically your frequency to fumble. Um, because to me, I think if, if if you're dealing with a running back that's putting the ball on the ground at all, it almost doesn't matter how good he is, right? Because put, putting the ball on the ground is is, is just a, it's a killer. So um, I, I put that as probably your first 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 rating. Then I'd, I'd say elusiveness slash trucking for the uh, for the other number two because they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, how do you break tackles? Do you break tackles in a in a power way or do you break tackles in a you know more slippery avoiding tackle way? And uh, you know each back usually has his own style. Rarely where you find a guy that's good in both. But that that ability right there is huge for for running backs in Madden.
0: Okay, so what about wide receiver?
1: Um, I had a, I had a hard time coming down just with with two. I, I ended up putting three. Um, speed is obviously the number one because it's just it's it's always has been. It, it probably always will be. Okay. Um, I mean it's it's also why a guy like Darius Hayward Bagu is drafted as number seven overall in real life too. So. Right. It's just, you know, it's real to real real the real world too. Um, I would also throw spectacular catch as a big um, big game changer and route running okay. in Madden. Um, route route running is obviously pretty self-explanatory. It determines how, how well you can kind of fake out DBs and, and get open. So that's a huge one. You can be slow, or you know maybe not not quite as fast as all the other receivers in Madden, but if your route running is good, you're going to be able to get open and uh, find spots in the zone. So that's a big one.
0: So the the two best two most important ratings to be as high for offensive linemen.
1: This, this one's probably not that that exciting. It's pass block and run block. I mean, pretty pretty self explanatory. Those are the big ones. Um, you got to be good in one or the other to have a spot in the NFL. Uh, some guys though, they definitely have some big gaps. Like you might see like a a guy like Phil Lodeholt in uh, Minnesota, one of the best run blockers probably in the in the game is a right tackle, but his pass blocking is atrocious. So. Mm. You really got to know how to use that. Uh, know where your strengths and weaknesses are on your line. Right. So what about defensive tackle? <clears throat> defensive tackle. Um, I'd say block shedding as as the number one. Um, it's very important to get off blocks and to get penetration. Obviously, to you know disrupt the offense. Right. And the other one I would say would be um, pursuit. Um, it basically dictates hmm. the angles. That the defensive lineman will take because a lot of things, can, you know, things to consider here. When you're playing defense in Madden, sometimes you're not the defensive lineman. You're, you know, the computer is, is is basically controlling the defensive lineman, so you want those angles and you want those computer players to really be effective for you if you're back in the secondary or, or maybe controlling a linebacker.
0: Interesting, because I always play as the defensive tackle when I play defense because I just assume yeah. that I will have the least negative impact on the game. <laughs> but That's sounds, true. That's true. It sounds like I'm also. Potentially limiting the effectiveness of my defensive tackle hitting the angles if I'm just constantly trying to, you know, use the uh you know, different uh tactics to try to get past the uh past the offensive lineman myself. Well
1: sometimes sometimes I think the problem is like as a defensive lineman, you're n I, I end up knocking the, the R stick button too many times. Right. Like doing too many moves. And then I fall um on. because you're just kinda of like banging on it. But uh yeah, there's there's definitely an art form to that.
0: Interesting. So, what about defensive end? Same thing or different um, two no, at,
1: ratings? At defensive end, I, I think the first one I would I would look at would be the power move, slash finesse moves. Uh-huh. Those basically determine what type of moves your your defensive lineman is going to use. To you know, is he a is he a guy that does spins and, and all kinds of really agile looking avoidance moves like Freeney, or is he more of just a power guy, Mario Williams, just going to try to bust through? Um, using his strength and stuff. And then the other one would be acceleration. Like how quickly do you get out of the blocks um, as a defensive end? Because if you're, if you're out there on, on the wide side, I mean, you can – a guy like Williams, a guy like Bruce Irvin, who's in uh, Seattle now, first-round pick, those guys are just going to almost fly by the the, the offensive linemen sometimes. So, right. Uh, acceleration is really big for ends. What about outside linebacker? <laughs> um, outside linebacker, I was going to try to throw in one of the um, – the pass rush move things here too, but I want to keep it simple and just go with pursuit and speed. Okay. Um, you know, speed is just, it can play in so many different ways, not only just tracking down ball carriers, but also rushing the passer and in coverage. If you got a guy like, um, shoot, I don't know, uh, you know, Patrick Willis, who's got, I think almost 90 speed or 89 speed or something like that. Uh, he can almost stay with most receivers, for goodness sake, in coverage. Right. So not right. only almost every tight end. So that's a huge uh, advantage to have in Madden with with outside linebackers.
0: And what about the middle linebacker position? What are the <laughs> two ratings uh, you want to look at to be as high as possible there?
1: Yeah, so here I don't think you need to necessarily have the speed or, or the pass rushing here. It's more about um, the tackling. So you got to have a guy that's a dependable tackler. Mm. Uh, it's, it's crucial if, you're, if your middle linebacker is just giving up, you know, Missed tackles and getting sort of trucked on it, you're, you're in big trouble. And then play recognition. So, play rec is almost the awareness for uh, defensive players, and that's going to determine, you know, does the guy, does the linebacker get faked out on play, play fakes on like counters? Is he going to take some 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 bad steps? All those types of things are going to affect the uh, the the play rec for middle linebackers.
0: Uh, cornerback. What are the top two uh, ratings to be as high as possible out of the corner position?
1: So just like a receiver you got to have corner that has speed um for the most part because you just get i mean all you got to do is do, run basic fly routes on on a guy if you see that has has a serious speed disadvantage out there um and then man coverage i think is is very important for corners um even if you're playing in a uh, zone heavy scheme you want to have a guy that can stay with the receivers uh and that's man coverage
0: and last thing, uh, safety. What are the, the two ratings that you want to have as high as possible at the free safety and strong safety, unless they're different for each of those two
1: positions? You know, I, I, you probably could maybe, you know, do some different stuff. I think mean, to be general, though, as safety needs to be good in zone coverage versus man. I mean, you don't really see a lot of safeties in man coverage. Nowadays they're just in zone, so they have to be a guy that can, uh, you know, ball hawk and, and be in the right position and then hit power is the other one i would say for <clears throat> safety because they're so important against the run and the hit power the hit stick and madness is just the ultimate that's like the one defensive weapon that you do have that you can really change a game make a fumble happen and uh you know i think a lot of times i know i personally if i'm running the ball and i see like uh you know a safety a big mark baron or a leron landry or someone like that Basically, hitting, you know, the the guy I'm playing is bringing him down and hit power, hit sticking me. I'll think twice about running, or I'll maybe even think about getting down on the ground because there's a real high fumble chance with those guys that have the high hit power. So let's talk
0: rookie ratings for a few minutes. This is always a big topic of debate. We've t- obviously touched on it a little bit, but what what's the process for taking, like, the combine numbers and our college stats and turning them into rookie ratings?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, it all starts once they start. Um, putting numbers to the to all their, uh, you know, attributes. So, like, getting the speed numbers, getting the 40 times in the jumps, the vertical ratings, all the shuttle times, um, bench press is somewhat important. Getting all that stuff allows us. I mean, we have, a, we have some charts that basically translate, okay, if a guy runs between 445 and 447, give him, you know, 88 or 89 speed. Okay. And sometimes we'll make some slight adjustments to that. Um, Based on his game speed, so right. a lot of people—that's another sort of misconception. Everyone thinks, "Oh, guy ran four, you know, four zero. That means he's ninety-nine speed, or you know, whatever their assumption is." But that's not necessarily what we do when we rate the speed. We start with that for for the most part um, as their rookies, and then once we see how they've played, you know, in preseason and in the regular season. That that number starts to get more entrenched in stone. So, does the guy show that that really legitimate speed on on the on the game field, or is he is he more of just a guy that runs fast in shorts and in a uh, in turf? You know what I mean? So, yeah, we. We're taking all those numbers, and that's just sort of the the, the the numeric stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff we're seeing is is in scouting reports from the various publications that come out, the Pro Football Weeklies, the um, USA Today, the Lindy's, ESPN. Uh, there's a really good site called uh, what is it Draft Countdown that does all. They have just a great archive of um, 40 times and and uh, measurables for all the players. So you sort of get all those in sync. So a guy that ran like a four four five as a receiver he 'll probably have similar speed as a four four five guy as a cornerback as and the same with a linebacker if there 's a linebacker that ran about the same speed and then we 'll start to you know tweak all the other ratings like tackling all the more intangible stuff uh, from the scouting reports and from the game film from college um, that we see but we're not we 're not certainly not. We don't have the resources to go through all 12 games, game footage for each college player. It's not like that. We're just really good at picking out all the information from the people that do spend the time to do that and really get a good consensus because you'd be really surprised on – on the conflicting reports you'd get about oh, this guy's got a good mm. strong arm this guy's arm is sort of you know it's kind of weak and he can't throw deep balls and then you'll read something else to say hey this guy's he's got great deep ball uh blah 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 so you, a lot of times we have to just dig deeper and dig deeper and really mm. try to make a call on something where you get those conflicting reports but that happens quite a bit
0: so here's here's a question that um i it's always a big one and uh my friend Ryan Lewis, Ryan the Lewis specifically wanted me to make sure I asked this one. What exactly does the awareness rating do?
1: So the first thing for that is it depends on the position. Okay. So for example, if you're the user quarterback, all right, if you're if you're controlling the quarterback. Right. Uh, the awareness is you. I mean, there's no there's no effect, right? You're okay. the quarterback. You're seeing the field. You're making the the reads. You're hitting the button to pass. There's no auto kind of like, oh, if you don't hit it based on the quarterback's awareness, he'll throw the ball. It's just you. Okay. But for example, <clears throat> offensive line, that's that's not you. You're not in control of those guys. It's going to awareness is going to affect if the guy false starts, if he's going to have a holding penalty, uh, if he knows where exactly to to be in a position when a pass rusher is coming at him. All that stuff's factored in based on the awareness. Same with like a um, you know a receiver, a receiver is going to have certain routes that he 's going to be able to uh, you know run versus some that like a, a forty rated receiver is not going to run um, he 's just not going to have the cuts he 's not going to trying to simulate the fact of like playbook knowledge and experience and things like that interesting so it all depends on the position and it 's mainly a an experience slash <clears throat> How quickly can you react? Um, rating on the offensive side, play recognition on the defensive side, really almost takes the place of awareness. And awareness doesn't do a whole lot on the uh, defensive side of the ball. It's your play recognition rating. Interesting. And then with all of that being said, if you're in the simulation, like you know, you're simming games and, and things like that, awareness is doing quite a bit because it's uh. it's taking the you know it's taking the place of uh, of you.
0: <clears throat> so like, I can. Or can back. can finally confirm something I've sort of known for years, which is, whatever player I'm controlling, their awareness automatically goes down to almost zero. Amazing. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> yeah. I'm not exactly the world's best Madden player. So um, <laughs> another thing about ratings, like, do you control? Because you know, you mentioned like this year, I think there's like seventy some odd ratings, something like that. Do you control? Right. You know when you make like obviously some years you have different. Ratings categories, right? Like you might add a few, you might take away a few. Is that part of what you control as well? Is sort of determining, you know, what we want to add this or we want to remove this.
1: Um, I'm definitely a part of those conversations. Um, a lot of it's driven from the gameplay and from the franchise uh, from the franchise guys because it's when you add a rating, it has to basically be factored back into the franchise mode. How does the guy progress? What's it going to do? How does it factor into scouting his overall rating? And then on the gameplay side, literally, what what is this new thing going to impact in the game, how's it going to, you know, how's it going to change something, so I've, we've had a couple times in our history, like, when we went to the, um, to the current 360 and PS3 consoles, we, we, I think we leaked up from about 20-something ratings to well over 50, so when we went to the next-gen consoles, we really, you know, uh, you know, Increase the number of ratings because we wanted to have more ability to control these these players skills and and talents. It's just that was the big thing is that we just we didn't have enough variables to tweak to really make the players stand out both good and what they do bad. So that was a big thing a few years ago. And then in Madden 11 or maybe it was Madden 12, I forget. It uh, we added a bunch of these traits and tendencies like the tuck and run, the force pass, consistency, the clutch rating, um, play ball, cover ball all the defensive line moves, all that stuff, all that stuff, traits and tendencies were added um, as a joint effort from the gameplay and uh, our team.
0: Okay, so now we've spent most of our time so far talking about um, a lot of different things, but we haven't really talked yet about, specifically much about Madden NFL 13. And it is, I think, easily the most anticipated Madden in years. And one of the reasons it is so anticipated is because of the new Infinity Engine, Uh, the uh, new physics uh, animation system. I guess it's not a physics animation system. There's new physics on top of the animation that is going to make the interactions of players that much more realistic. It's something that a lot of the hardcore fans have been clamoring for for years. So my question to you is what impact does the new Infinity Engine have on ratings at all? And did you have to make any adjustments because of that? I mean, anything interesting come up when you first started playing the game with the new physics that you said, "Uh uh-oh, or, hmm, I might need to, to change some things up here.
1: You know, the, good, the the real quick answer is that most of the tuning luckily was done on the game side of things. That They basically work with the numbers that we had uh, with a very few few exceptions. The agility was was the major one I think that would affect Infinity Engine. Uh, I had to sit down with Vic Lugo and make sure that all of our agility ratings sort of synced up by position uh, to, you know, what they needed to be and make sure that you didn't have, like, funky stuff going on with, like, defensive linemen and offensive linemen some of the slower guys. Some of their agilities needed to be bumped up. Um, the other one was jump rating. Like I think I mentioned earlier, we had a whole new scale right. uh, that we had to use this year as a result of the Infinity Engine. But most of the stuff was uh, tuned on the gameplay side of things, which was really nice for me. It wasn't a big rating impact.
0: So uh, how detailed or how does the interaction work between you and the developers? I would imagine you get into some pretty, <laughs> some pretty detailed sessions where you have to see the results of different ratings, like what impact does speed and catching and blocking have? Um so how does that interaction work you know with with you and the guys that are really making the core gameplay adjustments each year yeah.
1: Right the good news is that we 've had like uh you know a lot of the same team members like Larry Rehart and Mike Scannelberry. those guys have been in charge of the gameplay for the last few years and i 've been in charge of the the ratings and we 've had very i mean we, we don 't change the the, the the ranges and the scales, so to speak um, from year to year. We try to stay pretty similar, so nothing new really um you know was out of whack there, but they did have a few things this year that they wanted to um have me do in the ratings to make the gameplay turn out a little bit better and more favorably for the users. Like for instance, throw on the run. We uh, we bumped last year. We had a, a pretty wide scale uh, from you know anywhere from 99 to I think about 40. You could have players for a quarterback rated in the 40s. Trying to simulate that a guy that's rated 40, he's literally not falling outside the pocket. He's he's a guy that just sits there all day long. He'll he'll never move, and he's not a guy you want to throw on the run. But that was just having a really big Negative impact on those guys that were rated 40. So like the second you try to step outside the pocket or even move around, the, the pass was just wildly inaccurate. So, mm. they the gameplay guys came to me and they they wanted to make some ratings go up or have like a new floor for that rating. And we changed that this year, and I was happy to do that. And and now the guys throw much better on the run that are that are lowly rated. So that, that and that type of thing goes on. Like a few years ago, I had to lower the elusiveness ratings for a handful of players like Reggie Bush and Chris Johnson because online they were just almost incredibly too overpowering uh you couldn't almost tackle them and, in conjunction with their their high speed ratings already so we we bumped those guys down so there there's definitely some things that we do on the rating side that maybe you don't we don't necessarily have them rated there initially but we'll change based on the gameplay and, and what needs to be done to make it turn out better
0: Interesting. So what what's the biggest difference between how you do the ratings now versus how you did it when you really first took uh took ownership of that role?
1: Uh, you see, funny enough it's probably the amount of PR and information that we share out to the public uh is much more detailed. Uh now than we did. I mean, before I wouldn't do interviews about ratings, and no one, there would be no interviews. There'd be really no interest in it, or uh, there'd be no blogs detailing all the previous transactions that that happened in the previous roster update. Um, it would just be like, hey, a new roster rate, r- roster updates out. Go download it, and that would right. be basically it. So that that's probably the biggest single change. Also, and then I guess more internally for us is just the fact that we have so many more ratings and more. Uh, t- uh, traits and tendencies that requires us to spend more time creating one guy. So anytime you, you're just adding all this stuff, it just makes maintaining it and creating new players and all that stuff much, much more uh, intensive. And another thing we did that was huge last year was we expanded the rosters up to seventy seventy four. Uh, we used to only have fifty five man max rosters, so now we're adding twenty twenty more players times thirty two um, for each you know for each team. Where were all these new players that come to the game that have a lot less probably, uh, you know, they're more fringe players, so it's harder to find the information about the players. It's probably less concrete than all the veterans. So that in itself is just a much longer process to kind of come up with all those numbers and stuff.
0: <clears throat> so has the fact that ratings can change every week made it easier or more difficult to do your job?
1: I would probably say it, it, it's made it a little bit easier. Um because I think everyone knows that like that's how that's how all this process works now. It's like, oh well then they'll get it in the roster of it next week. Hey, did you right. see this? Make sure to make sure to update this next week. So before we had online updates, I mean it was much, much bigger thing. Right. Uh to like what was that final number that you're gonna that you're gonna slam on the uh slam on the disc because it would not change.
0: Yeah, that's etched in stone then at that point.
1: And another thing that was drastically different was the fact that like if you think about it now Madden 13, you know, we'll have, comes out in August, and we'll have roster updates all the way up past the Super Bowl. Right. So, literally, every single thing that happened in the 2012 season will be captured in that final update. So, the theory is when you go into the next game, Madden 14, I mean, there's not even, there's not been any football played between that, those two time points. So, really, the rosters are going to be somewhat similar. Um, the one thing we did this year a little differently is we sort of projected out some, uh, I guess progression and maybe regression a little bit into the off-season ratings. So a guy like uh, who is a really good example? I can't really think off the top. I didn't have these planned, but um, some some guys that are young and upcoming, maybe we gave them a few off-season progression points from where okay. they last ended ended in Madden 12. Versus a guy like you know Chad Chad Johnson Ocho Cinco, for example, um, you know he's probably getting a few extra regression points, mm-hmm. um, just based on the fact that he's getting old and and having trouble catching on teams mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. Interesting. We did that a little bit more than we've done in the past, so, but um, so oh, the other thing I was going to say about uh, when you asked what's the difference between now and yeah. and when we used to do it is the social media and the Twitter stuff too. So it actually makes it a lot easier for us to get access to information, whereas before you either wouldn't have it at all, it would like I would the act the information wouldn't be at my fingertips, or I'd have to dig around on forums and 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 really really hard to find. You know, deep down places to find this information. So now it's just I'll get it tweeted to me. I'll get like, hey, so and so from the San Jose newspaper just wrote this article about the Raiders and look at this. And then I can immediately just get that and updated right in the Madden. So, and not to mention that you got the players themselves also kind of helping out and reaching out and giving advice. So it's a It's a big plus from from where we're concerned
0: It is amazing, just everyone I talk to in every sort of walk of life, whether it's in video games or in media or in Software development, you know, for financial services, it's amazing how social media is is in the midst of transforming just so many different things. It, it doesn't matter who I talk Yeah. About. So, I, I mean, again, I mentioned my friend uh, Ryan the Lewis. He, he asked the question, do you dream in Excel spreadsheets? I would imagine you have to at some point. You just sort of wake up in the middle of the night dreaming about numbers and spreadsheets.
1: Oh uh, yeah, um, <laughs> um, it's nothing but number. And it's, the funny thing is, is, everyone always has plays like a little game with me. It's like, hey, okay, what's uh, what's Calvin Johnson's jump rating? Or something real random off the wall, and I'm like, man, I don't, I that literally, I'm like swimming around in every single guy's number. It's very, very hard to to, to uh, recite like, and not not to mention that you're literally changing it from like a week to week basis, like up and down, and right. so it's very, uh, <laughs> it's almost impossible. People always think that you should know everything, but like, man, that would be like the dude from Rain Man. <laughs>
0: so, so if you could add a single brand new rating, uh, what would it be?
1: Uh just one, huh? I would or, hey, you I'd you like got to, more than
0: one. Toss more than one out there.
1: Uh I, I I just wrote a few of them down. I'd like to see a work ethic rating for like maybe progression or like maybe when you're scouting rookies. So like, you know, you'd know if a guy was kind of a hard worker or more of lazy kind of factor That's into st- your drafting uh stuff. I'd like to see a um a penalty like tendency. That'd be cool for like pass interference. Some players are known for interfering or holding or, or face masks or whatever it might be, but they're just known for, for penalties, so I'd like to get that real uh level of realism into the game. And then maybe some like long snap rating to make those guys uh worthwhile. Uh they we've gotten that for years that uh, like those guys just don't do anything. They're always the lowest rated players. And it's really because they only do one they're only on the team for one purpose. Right. And right. that's to long snap the ball. It's yeah. not really they're to block. They're not there to tackle. They're literally just there to do that. So it'd be kind of cool to to get that in the game. I mean, you now, what what would you do? Would that be fun to play? No, and that's that's why it's never been added to this <laughs> point. I mean, it has got so little gameplay impact, but it's just one of those things on my end. I'd like to add to make sure that the long snappers were, you know, not forgotten uh, individuals.
0: <laughs> so, what's the biggest misconception that people have about what you do?
1: Um. Don't I would say a lot. Well, there's probably a few. I've mentioned a few of them already, but I think a lot. One of the big ones is that they think I'm some big Homer, and because I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, and I think that uh, you know, I think they treat it like as if that was their job. What would they do? Mm. And I think a lot of people think, oh well, then you're probably just making your team better, so they're so you can play with them and they're good, and like that's the last thing in the world that I'm trying to do. In fact, I'd be offended if. I, I would. That I. It almost makes me sick to my stomach because I take so much pride in like trying to make sure that everything is from a, from an all 32 team standpoint. Right. Everything is as accurate and as uh, objective as possible. That uh, I mean, I probably almost went too hard on the Bucks just to make sure, but uh, it's definitely something that's always out there. And and it, the funny thing though is that you'll get a handful on Twitter people on Twitter that will say. Dude, he's such a homer. I can't believe the Bucks. You know, look at this. And then um, the Bucks fans will then chime in and say that I'm an idiot, and then I hate the Bucks <laughs> and that, that I screw them over. So it's really, I mean, and then that's, and that's kind of the trick when I know I'm doing a good job. Right. And <laughs> turn it like for myself.
0: There you go. So, what, uh, anyway, it's not like the numbers aren't out there for everyone to see, too, you know, which is the other thing. So, right. So, what's the most fun part of your job?
1: Probably just getting to i mean I literally get to eat breathe and sleep n f l and 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 be on top of it, and that's my job is to like be on top of it and to take everything in and then just put it into this this wildly popular video game this you know pop culture video game madden uh and like have everybody play with it and it's just it's just a really cool feeling to uh, to be in charge of that and uh I take great pride in it and uh, you know, it's just a job that never ends. It's, that's for sure. It always, it always continues on, and it's never ending. And there's always something else to uh, adjust or get right. So,
0: so flip it around. Then, what's the toughest or the most difficult aspect of your job?
1: Probably that right there is like <clears throat> that part. You're never really done. Like, I, I, obviously, I'm on the dev team and, I, and I'm working. I work on the the game, and as everyone else does. But like, a lot of the team now is starting to shift in that launch mode, and maybe some of the teams going on to the next game or whatnot. Right. But you know, here I am. I'll be me and then another guy, Jake Stein, who's actually our Madden Moments guy, and then we have a whole Madden Ultimate team. They're all. No, so we're all going to be focused on Madden 13 until February, you know, right. and providing great content and that live content. So it's really that aspect of internally kind of dealing with all this live Madden 13 stuff. But then I'm going to be getting all this new 14 stuff that people want feedback on or designs or, or they want to move forward with, with different things. So just balancing all of that is is, uh, is very, very difficult. So I got,
0: a, I got a few listener questions, but before I get to that, I want to ask you what about Madden NFL 13 – do you love the most and there is so much going on like i said there's the infinity engine there's the right. connected careers but you've been playing it now for a while it's going to you know hit within a week or so after you know this show launches so you know what is Madden what what's your favorite thing or what do you love about Madden NFL 13
1: I mean this year it's it's definitely without a doubt the big two and it's infinity engine which you've mentioned which <clears throat> totally changes up the way you watch the game the way you play the game You'll see moments that you've never seen before, like it's a real, like it's a real football game. And I think that will make such the biggest impact on people. And then CCM, Co- Connected Careers Mode. I mean, that internally we've been playing, you know, career after career. Uh, it's really going to change the way I think people play, or, or the the options that you have to pl- have to play career mode. I think in the old school, you were the coach, you were are god of the football team, owner of the football team, you did everything, all the trades, all the you know, draft picks, you played all the games, you did everything, right? And that's still there, so that you can still be a coach and that's still there. But there's this whole new option of playing as a player which is really it just creates so many new possibilities out there. Like internally, we've been doing this wide receiver only uh, franchise where mm. we all pick a receiver, and you know that's it. You're just playing as a receiver. You you don't call or you do call the plays, but you don't you know you can't um, control the quarterback. Right. You're simming on defense, and it's just really really cool to see all of us. Like I was uh, on Arizona, and I actually beat out Michael Floyd for the number two two spot uh, opposite Larry Fitzgerald. Wow! And uh, I was going up against. You know, two of my buddies here—one was on the Bills and one was on the uh, Seahawks—and we just—it's just a much quicker. It's a, you're not in control quite as much, so it's a different experience, yeah. and you feel like almost more of a part of the team right. and less kind of like this guy in control of everything. And it's it's sort of all you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so that it's is- uh, the CCM mode is literally going to, I think, just transform how people play uh you know career modes and it's all online i mean that's the sick thing so you me and 30 other people we can all get on you know a ccm together and play 30 seasons i mean that's you know doing everything drafts free agents um you know everything about franchise, uh you know old school franchise mode that's ccm awesome On right. steroids <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right so we're gonna wrap it up with some listener questions um first one from uh jeff solomon at real jeff Sello says uh i want a guide to what each of the ratings mean can you give this to me
1: uh probably not over a podcast (laughs) uh, and uh you definitely need the gameplay people to sort of sit there and almost probably you know a gameplay dev to really say okay this you know the strength rating is uh it's factored in at forty percent here when offensive linemen and defensive linemen are in you know contact situations and then pass block is also used so it's de- it's one of those things that you'd have to you'd, you could spend a whole podcast on that almost um, <laughs> if, you're, really if you if you want idea, to be honest <laughs> so, yeah
0: right um, and you answered this a little bit I actually answered this really well already but it was a one of another one of Jeff's follow up questions which was does every stat effect play, and are there any that don't actually do anything? And you said, for example, when you are controlling a player, awareness all of a sudden doesn't do anything. Any other sort of examples of those kinds of situations?
1: Um, we had some ratings in the past that we had some problems with, like pass block footwork and uh, run block footwork, which we've since removed from the game, at least from the gameplay equations, and we're using just a simple path block run block. The idea was to Sort of simulate like, uh, you know, a guy can be good pass blocking with his strength, with his with his upper body, and with his anchor, and then also part of pass blocking is his footwork. We just couldn't quite get the footwork part working how we wanted to, so we, we took that one out. Um, but usually when they when they don't do anything or they, they do very little, we'll, we usually try to get them out of the game. Uh,
0: another question from uh, that sports gamer TJ Laraman, and this is one that I I'm, I'm glad he brought it up because I was going to as well. Peyton Manning um how short of a leash is he on to perform this year if he plays average in his first three games will he be will he be in 88 and before you even answer that i kind of wanted to 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 mention this too which is how difficult was it for you to assign a rating to peyton manning after he has not played for a year and nobody really knows what sort of shape he's going to be in gameplay wise come kickoff
1: right well i will say that he was he was easier to to re-rate than like it was for Michael Vick who was coming out of, you know, yeah. off of his issues for 3 years or whatever. Yeah, like okay. no one knew what what, what he was going to be like, but for Peyton, you know, a lot of his stuff is is all tied into his neck and his health there. So, we lowered his, his injury rating, we also lowered his throw power quite quite a bit to simulate that he's not, you know, he doesn't have the same arm strength that he did before pre-neck injury um his accuracy for the most part stayed pretty pretty good except for his deep accuracy which we which we hit a little bit to try to simulate the fact again with the with the whole neck you can be a little bit limited um but like his awareness i mean that stayed at 99 we don't think he got any less you know you know experience or aware i guess uh because of the neck injury so i think he's at overall at a 93 when he last year i think he was a 97 so we took him down four points i had a I, I sort of wanted to lower him a little bit more, to really reflect where he's at heading into the season. And then if he if he looks like the Peyton of old, we can bump him up. Right. But if he if he doesn't if he looks you know really still limited and in, in all that, we're going to continue to lower him down. I mean, he's a thirty was he 36 thirty six or thirty seven something like you know, that. He's a, yeah, in, in his thirties as a quarterback, I mean, that's a you're starting to regress you know oh, regress so. We want to make sure that that's – and, again, like I told you before, that's always one of the hardest things to do is, like, when do we start to make a star – a veteran star go down when his level of play is, is, uh, is really not where it used to be? Because people are like, well, he used to do it, and he's just hurt, and there's always excuses, I guess. But, uh, you know, if he's not effective, I don't want to make him overly effective in Madden. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... At Dan Vitale asks, are you going to continue to approach ratings as educated guesses or have scout teams to gauge talent? Um, And I think you've already pretty much Uh answered that, which is, you know, you have certain resources. Um, So, uh, but you do use a lot of, uh, which I didn't realize too, you use a lot of what I would call sort of, um, you know, scouting level information through the different websites that you use too. So it sounds like you really... You, you do a lot more sort of scout-based stats than I think people realized.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to understand this question too. I didn't know if he maybe meant like, is the, do we have plans, or do we have like, like, hey, this guy does the Arizona Cardinals for us. This guy gives us all of the information from the Seahawks or or anything like that. I mean, I'm following most of those beat writers on on Twitter for sure and getting all that kind of inside info myself. But it it, it sort of comes down to that that normalization of the ratings, like like I, like I was talking to before. Also, like, right, if you have this guy over here do the AFC West, another guy over here do the NFC East. You have to make sure that those guys are in sync, or otherwise, the, the ratings themselves are sort of not uh, what you know. We'll have one conference come in over another where it's just not uh, what we want. So, but I like to personally use all those websites that are getting you know, they're professional guys. They're right. Usually, you have to pay for their premium services, right? And uh, I mean, in my mind, I then they've said it on their websites a lot of times this this is what some of the NFL teams are using, you know what I mean, to to get their real, you know, really in-depth information.
0: Another one from the real Jeff Solo. He says, T.O. just ran a 4.5 in his 40, so is that how you determine his speed? And if so, then why are Cam and Luck, I'm assuming um, Cam Newton and Luck, a different speed?
1: Uh, Well, actually, I think T.O. ran only 4.43, actually, so that's going to be... Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it. Is he's thirty, whatever he is, thirty-seven, thirty-six, thirty-eight years old. So that, right. that running a four-four-three at that age—that's very impressive. And, and we'll definitely make sure that To still has some of his explosiveness. Because uh, as he was last in Madden, he, he was definitely losing it by the uh, by the week. Hmm. Um, let's see. So why is Luck different speed? Well, I, I guess I don't really know what they're. You know, sort of insinuating there, but cam is i think at eighty six speed. I think luck is at eighty three speed, and they both ran very, very similar forty times at the combine or at their pro days and workouts um but cam Newton, certainly based on what we've seen on the on the game film, he certainly showed a very, very nice game speed, and I almost bumped him up a few more points because of that uh he i mean he he's very he's just a guy that can get out there in those big long strides and and he's He's, he can do it with those pads on. Whereas Luck, you know, he, we didn't, we haven't seen him play in the NFL yet. Um, his college days, he showed some athleticism. He certainly didn't really play with the dominant speed, speed as part of his game. Um, so that's probably why there's, uh, what, three points of difference between the two? Yeah.
0: All right, a couple more real quick before I finally let you get out of here. Uh, Bobby Keith at Bobby K N C says, is it possible in 13 rookie draft? and I'm assuming he's talking about connected careers obviously here, mm-hmm. to find gems, you know, Hall of Famers like a Tom Brady in the sixth round or a Shannon Sharp in the seventh?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the one thing I think a lot of people might not know. I'm sure Josh Lumen has probably shared this. Some people, I'm not quite sure if he shared it in your podcast or not, but um, players don't have a potential uh, rating anymore. So there used to be in, in versions right. of Madden of the past, they would be like a cap. So like we put a cap on a guy like ninety six or ninety five or eighty two or whatever it was, right. and the A-pods guy would literally be, not be able to.
0: Yeah, a pots and yeah. b pots and so on. I mean, when we make trades in our in our uh, online franchises, the you know the potential was one of the things that absolutely made a huge difference whether we would potentially trade a guy or not.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a major, you know, and, and rightfully so, but we've done a little bit differently now this year, whereas it's more about any you, – you can you're in control of, the, of a player's progression, number one, and number two is that there's really no cap on it. If you want to have a guy progress who, you, you know, for whatever reason, he's the star of your team and you want to put all your eggs in his basket, you can do that. You can spend your development points um, on that guy. Um, and there 's also something called a like a development uh, trait, which basically determines how quickly they kind of can accumulate points for progression so that's there 's still I guess a level of a, of, a, of a you know potential sort of modifier, but it's it 's nowhere near it doesn 't work anything like the past. And I think the good news that every, all of our fans were, were wanting to uh, make sure we had covered was the fact that players can exceed potential and that 's definitely what, how it works this year
0: interesting and the last question again, also from Bobby Keith. With dynamic player progression, will there be second-string gems that will jump to all pro ratings when given the chance to start, again, kind of like a Tom Brady?
1: Well, I mean, all of it's tied to, your, to what you're doing like, for your legacy and your, and your stats and stuff. So you know, if you're able to start playing like Tom Brady and putting up 400-yard games and five touchdowns, then absolutely you're going to be well on your way to uh, you know, getting the same ratings as, as, as Brady over a couple of years because that's, it's all tied into what you're doing statistically and how you allocate your progression points
0: well this has been great i actually had even more <laughs> to ask you but um did you
1: interest- want i out chris johnson and fred jackson's rating for did, did you want those for some well,
0: reason you know okay so we will get there real quick then uh, one of the uh, i did a piece with uh, ryan lewis uh, a couple of weeks ago we were doing some madden uh nfl 13 player predictions um and we were we actually hit a couple we hit uh Peyton Manning at 93, and we had Andy Dalton at 83, so we were both very proud of ourselves. Of course, we were off on a few, too, so if you got a couple right. more minutes, let's do a couple of these. So Matt Flynn, for example, our prediction was an 86, <clears throat> and your rating is a 79. So what we said was his body work is small but includes a record-setting performance with the Packers late last year that helped him land a big contract and big expectations with the Seahawks. Uh, so we have a feeling Madden NFL 13 is going to be generous towards Mr. Flynn and Seahawks fans cranking his overall, overall to an 86. So we were off by seven. So where were we wrong?
1: Well, a lot of it probably so, – so a lot of it's I think if you had like the current rankings of all the guys and you saw where he would fit in as an 86, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably too high. Okay. So he'd be – I mean, he would be, he'd be – let's see, who are we talking about again? Oh, okay, Flynn. Yeah. So he'd be ahead of uh, Palmer. He'd be ahead of Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, uh, both the rookies, Griffin and Luck. He'd be ahead of Matt Hasselback, who's probably a little overrated right now. I need to move him down. Um, and he'd be one point under Jay Cutler. Um, instead, we thought he was more with, along the likes of Sam Bradford's and Mark Sanchez's and uh, Matt Cassel's. Okay. Uh, and I think you're very right with what you said about that. He's had one-year experience, and actually really just a, was it the one-game starting experience. Yes. Uh, so that that factored in, you know, his awareness I believe is only what is it 75, so he's got okay. some growth that he could do there. Um another major thing for Flynn is that he's sort of in a fight for his job with uh Tarveris Jackson and Russell Wilson. So that, that in and of itself sort of tells us how the Seahawks are valuing Flynn. He didn't he doesn't come in as, you know, by far and away their guy. You know, no questions asked. They're, it's actually like an open competition. So we wanted to sort of simulate that by having Tarveras just a few points behind him at 77. And I think we made the, uh, the rookie Russell Wilson at 70, who probably, at this point already, probably needs maybe a point or two adjustment based on all the, the training camp stuff. So here's another and one. The other thing with oh, oh, Flynn, sure, too, real quick is that his, his arm power is at 82. Mm-hmm. And and throw power is is the most uh, weighted item in the player overall. So that, that doesn't help him at all. Um, just having that sort of weak, weaker arm.
0: I'm looking forward to my friend Mike Susick, um, who is a huge Packers fan, uh, and Matt Flynn guy, uh, hearing this. Because he, uh, he definitely nice. had some thoughts on that. Uh, another one, uh, Josh Freeman. Our prediction was a 78. Yours was an 82. Our comments were that few player ratings will fall more precipitously than those of Tampa's quixotically – Struggling signal caller this year. Just when he looked to be embarking upon greatness, everything fell apart as his erratic play led to a boatload of losses and an entire new coaching staff. So this is an all-or-nothing season for the massive quarterback who should have been more like Cam Newton but wound up a little bit like Ryan Leaf. So you are a Bucks guy, so you probably know Freeman yep. as well as anybody. So where were we wrong? We were off by four points. in the, We had 78, and you have him starting as an 82.
1: You know, I'm, and it's funny. Like I told you, I'm never done with this job. Like when I had to, the 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 day I had to like kind of finalize these ratings for you know so to go through certification and whatnot, yeah. I already wanted to make changes <laughs> the next day. So it's like, and and Freeman was one of those guys that I felt probably is maybe one or maybe even two points too high. Okay. Uh, he's probably the guy that's going to go maybe maybe down eighty one overall by the time the season starts, depending on what happens here in the preseason if he looks good. But um, he's a guy that sort of gets <clears throat> he gets helped out by his uh, you know he's got good. At, athleticism and he's got a nice rocket 97 uh throw power arm so those two things help him in the overall formula part of it i i just probably need to uh you know nail his accuracy down a few more points to uh better reflect that that uh, he needs to be lower i'm sure if any if, if there's anything that was i guess considered homer i guess that must have been it but it, it was <laughs> it was less me thinking that freeman's really going to turn it around this year and just more about how the overall formula works and where at some point you can't just say, oh, well, you know what, he's got a rocking arm, but I don't want him to be, you know, 82, so I'm going to make his arm 95 now. You, you know, you've got to keep some things. What, a guy, what we really try to do is where a guy is strong, we try to keep that strong. Like, what, what are his strengths? We're going to make him strong in it. Where his weaknesses are, we're going to underscore them. I mean, we're going to make sure that people know he's weak in it and uh, because that's how the video game works. You want to make sure that you kind of feel that when you're playing with the guy in the game.
0: Interesting. So a couple here that I actually don't know what the ratings are because as we're doing this, this is a couple of days or a day before all of the uh, running back ratings have been released. The top ten are out, but uh, uh, but but by the time the show airs, all the running back uh, ratings will be out there. So another couple ones. Chris Johnson, CJ. Um, our prediction was 87. We don't know what yours mm-hmm. is, but our comments were that last season he went from CJ 2K to just CJ just OK. His lack of performance mm-hmm. may have had something to do with his long holdout in the off season or being injured, but after rushing for 2,000 yards in 2009, barely topping 1,000 two years later, isn't going to help you maintain an elite overall rating in Madden. So we do not expect Madden ratings our Donnie Moore to start Johnson off much higher than the upper 80s. So how close or off were we with our 87 prediction?
1: You know, not not bad. I mean, he's barely he barely gets into eliteville if you call 90, you know, 90 plus eliteville. He's at 90 overall. But oh, I believe okay. make the be 1 2 3 4 5.
0: Didn't make seven, the top eight, 10, right? He was out of the eight, top 10. You
1: no, know, he's he's actually I'm looking at it now. We have 1 2 3 4 5. Six. I think twelve running backs ahead of him, or maybe he's the twelve. Okay. okay. So he's at ninety, tied exactly with Marshawn Lynch, by the way. Okay. Uh, at ninety overall. Okay. He, I mean, he's he's another guy. He gets bailed out by his his, his incredible speed. Uh, he, he's got incredible agility. He's got good hands. He doesn't really put the ball on the turf much. So he's got a ninety-three carry rating, and uh, he's just a good ball player. I mean, he he doesn't quite get it done like in the trucking department, fifty-five, and he's only eighty-six elusiveness, so he's not exactly elite level there, hmm. but. That 99 speed is, is pretty hard. And I think you're right. I think some of that holdout stuff was a big reason why he showed up uh, in, in a lockout. Uh, so sort of, you know, lackadaisical in, in the 2011. He'll be He's the guy I think to watch out for in 2012.
0: Cool. All right, two more. One, Fred Jackson, our prediction was a 90. Mm-hmm. Our comments were that the Bills powder keg had a magnificent 2011 season until a fractured leg ended it prematurely 10 weeks into the campaign. But until that unfortunate moment he had been one of the best running backs in the league, sporting six hundred yard games, a gaudy five and a half yards per per carry average. So we predicted a ninety and his rating starting man NFL thirteen
1: is He's real close. He's an eighty nine overall. Nice, so you guys are right. just one point off of there. Nice. Um he was, you know, I think we had him up up into the early nineties, like ninety one or ninety two, uh at his peak last year when he was doing you know, outstanding. And before he got hurt um you know he's coming off the broken leg it probably won't affect him a whole lot but that's sort of why he took a little bit of a dip from i think where he ended last year and to where he is now nice okay, he's got 94 well. looseness i mean that's he's one of the most elusive backs uh, around in fact that could probably be up a little bit if, if uh if i need to take another look at that
0: interesting and the very last guy is the one that everybody hates to talk about and loves to talk about tim tebow Our prediction was an 84. Yours was a 77. So our comments were, a better question is how will his ratings change? Unfortunately for Skip Bayless, there is no he-just-wins rating. Even with uh, one of the more suspect spirals in professional football, there's no denying he's an exceptional athlete. He led the Broncos to a Western Division title and an amazing overtime playoff win. He will now be the Jets' backup, um, but the most scintillating development is that he will also be featured on the special team squad. So we had eighty four. You have seventy seven. So where did we go wrong?
1: You know, I don't know. I, I eighty four would put him up there with uh, God. Who was with, with Carson and ahead of Andy Dolan and Alex Smith and and those guys. And I just his, his throwing is just not right you know he's not an accurate quarterback uh he's funny why he's wildly more accurate throwing deep balls than he has short passes which we which we have reflected but we have him at 74 short accuracy 67 mid and then mm. 80 deep accuracy so he's actually not that throwing deep but you know he, he's just going to be you know throwing it everywhere or uh in the short short game yeah i mean i would i would just say that the biggest thing with tebow is that his 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 accuracy ratings just aren't at a level of a starting quarterback right now and uh the rest of his, um, you know, sort of attributes where he's really good, running the ball and stuff, don't don't really bring him enough up up enough as a quarterback to uh, to kind of get him up there at that 84. 77's, um probably good for him now. But if he gets out there and shows that he can have another, you know, good season like he did in Denver, he'll probably go back up the uh, the overall chart.
0: Well, there we are, the great Donny Moore. Donny, I cannot thank you enough for spending this amount of time with us. We went well over what I had asked for. You are I got to tell you a great interview. You're clearly passionate about what you do, which is exactly what uh, we in the Madden community uh, would hope for, you know, for somebody who who's, you know, whose job has such a direct impact on what we play. So thank you so very much. We really appreciate yeah. it.
1: No problem. I mean, it was a great chance here to talk to you guys and, get, and these questions were really great and these are some of the best questions I've uh, actually come across. Uh, Doing any of these interviews, and uh, also I'd like to really quick—I didn't get a chance to send a shout out to uh, one of the guys that really helped out with the ratings this year, uh, Clint Oldenburg. Uh, you might, you guys might know Clint Oldenburg from uh, past versions of Matt, and he actually was a former football player, NFL guy, played for the Redskins, and he—he uh, he helped out, and not only helped out, he—he he directed the offensive line ratings, both for all the current guys and for all of the rookies. He was in charge of those this year, so I had a huge help. Uh, from an actual former NFL offensive lineman doing the offensive line ratings. So, really excited about that this year.
0: Interesting. I had a chance to meet Clint at the uh, Madden cover reveal, and uh,
1: he's a big fella. <laughs> he's, a big, he's a big guy. I mean, he's... He, he was just, uh, he, he'd lay a finger on me and just push me <laughs> down in the hallway. But, uh, he a big he's, a, he's a really cool guy and super laid back. And, uh, I mean, he's just one of the best football minds I've ever uh, had a chance to talk to.
0: Well, Madden NFL thirteen hits Tuesday, August twenty eighth. Uh, if you are a season ticket holder, you can play it on Saturday, August twenty fifth. All indications are is that it is a significant improvement to the game, and really just the kind of game that if you haven't played Madden for the last year or two, especially, uh, is going to be uh, just a, a much, uh, a much different and much, uh, much more interesting experience. Um, I'm obviously all over it, but I've been playing and loving Madden for you know a lot longer than I'd like to admit. So, once again, Donnie, thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Donnie on Twitter at Donnie underscore more. That's D O N N Y underscore more. It's a great Twitter account. It's great to follow not just Donnie, but just to see his interaction with players and and uh, and fans. You do a really nice job with that too.
1: Thanks a lot, Rich. Uh, it's been a great, great, uh, great. Opportunity being here on the show and uh, just remember this is the Madden to own. I mean, this is, it. This is a revolutionary year. Connected career mode and Infinity Engine are – they're just going to do it, man. you got to watch out for Madden this year, August 28th. And we will.
0: Well, big thanks to Donnie for taking the time to chat with us today. It's always a blast to talk to somebody who loves what they do, and he clearly does. So thanks for listening to this episode of Box Score, brought to you by GamesRadar. And I'm your host, Richard Grisham. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at my handle, Rich Grisham. And tweet me any comments you have about this and future shows. And also be sure to follow GamesRadar at their handle, GamesRadar. I'd love it if you subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're there, give it a rating too. So until next time, this is Richard Grisham for Box Score.